Welcome to the podcast of Canadian author Margaret Mackay. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Margaret Mackay. For today's episode, I will continue reading from my novel Stone Cottage. Here's chapter three. Straightening herself, she got up and started walking back to her car. As she passed the abandoned greenhouse, she stopped, sniffing the air. That's odd. I smell the fragrance of chocolate mint. Where'd that come from? As she looked into the ruins, a shaft of sunlight illuminated one small section of the room. Rebecca gasped, unable to move. Hanging over a trestle table in the far corner was a single basket of Stanhopia oculata, an orchid, one of her father's favorites. From the bottom of the basket hung several inflorescence with their weirdly shaped purple and white spotted flowers. Her body was enveloped by a sensation of enormous love and loss. Heat formed in her throat, cascaded through her stomach, down her legs and out the bottoms of her feet, leaving her weak and shaking. Raising her hand to her mouth, she cried out, Daddy! He so loved his orchids. She used to think he loved them more than her. She remembered seeing him in his own conservatory last summer. He told her that he was purchasing a new orchid. It's a Catalea ludenomania. Crown Fox Goliath, he said. Cost me a fortune and can only be purchased from the Florida owners, but it's well worth the trouble if it's as good as they say. It's supposed to have a spectacular fragrance. Just wait till O'Hara gets a load of it. His eyes will pop right out of their sockets. He was so excited, he was rubbing his hands with glee. The twinkle in his eyes spoke volumes. She knew he was looking forward to the next juried show, where he was sure he would beat his old rival. Her heart broke a little more as she placed her forehead onto the glass and sobbed. Oh, Daddy, I miss you so much. Why did you leave me? I feel so alone. She blinked a few times and rubbed her eyes. The sunlight faded and with it the strange vision. Her strength spent, she leaned with her back against the greenhouse and slumped down to sit on a large rock. Her mind reeling, she sat with her head in her hands, thinking about her father and their tumultuous relationship. How she adored him! She had always been his princess, but at the same time, she never thought she quite measured up to her older brother James. She wanted her dad to be proud of her accomplishments and to believe in her abilities as a competent businesswoman. Unfortunately, he was old school when it came to women and their place in society. They were adornments to be loved and pampered, but not equal to men. One of his most often quotes came to mind. Women should be happy with their homes and families, and leave the real work to the men. Rather than earn her place in the executive suite, she felt it was given to her because she was his daughter. Constantly striving to win his approval 
and always afraid she had failed, she thought back to one of the last conflicts they had about it. Rebecca sat in the empty boardroom, the well-manicured nails of her right hand clicking out a staccato rhythm on the mahogany table in front of her. She looked at her watch and frowned. Slamming her portfolio shut, she pushed back her chair and strode out of the room and down the hall to the CEO's office. Janine, she said, bristling with anger. Where's the team from Chandler Industries? We were to meet this morning at 11 o'clock in the main boardroom. I've been waiting for the last 20 minutes. I'm sorry, Ms. Wainwright, but the meeting was brought forward to 9 o'clock and they finished a while ago. Why wasn't I informed of this change? I, I am sorry, but I was told not to bother you, Janine replied. Not bother me? This is my project. I need to be informed regarding any and all changes on this deal. Is that understood? Do not, I repeat, do not ever let this happen again. Yes, Miss Wainwright. Is he in there? Yes, ma'am, but he doesn't want to be disturbed. Well, he's going to be whether he wants it or not. Don't buzz him. I'll announce myself. Rebecca turned and marched directly into the CEO's office. Slamming the door behind her, she faced the man seated at the large desk in front of her. Charles Wainwright looked up as she entered a smile lightening his countenance. He stood and walked toward her. He was a tall man, impeccably dressed in a dove-gray Armani suit. His silver hair glistened in the light, and his cobalt-blue eyes twinkled behind steel-framed glasses. He exuded power, but it was tempered with a kind demeanor. "'Rebecca, my dear, this is a nice surprise. You look upset.' Now what's troubling that pretty little head of yours? Father, I understand that you changed the time of the meeting this morning and didn't bother to inform me. Well, I knew you were visiting the building site this morning. Chandler called and asked to move the meeting up. What was I to do? You should have called me to let me know of the time change. This is my project and I should have been in that meeting. I would have rescheduled the inspection of the building site. Charles' eyes turned to ice. Rebecca, I'm still the CEO of this company, and I will not have my decisions challenged. We needed to have their signatures on the contracts ASAP. There were a couple of minor changes. James was here, and he filled in for you. I'm sure he'll be happy to give you an update. James was there? What was my brother doing in my meeting? Doesn't he have enough to do without taking over my projects? Enough. It was a good opportunity for the team from Chandler to meet James. I wanted him to get to know the group so that if we run into any problems, they'll be able to contact him if you're not available. Feeling the usual tingle of shame flow through her body, Rebecca instinctively looked at the floor. Tears of frustration were held in check by sheer determination. 
If only she had been born a boy, they wouldn't be having this conversation. It was really no use badgering her father about his style of doing business. She raised her eyes and looked at Charles. I apologize if it looks like I'm criticizing you, but you know how much my projects mean to me. I would appreciate it if you would let me handle them without bringing in James. It undermines my credibility with the staff when it appears that you do not value my work. It also makes me feel that I'm only an EVP because I'm your daughter and not because I'm good at what I do. I don't know where you get that idea. I would never have given you the position unless you earned it. Now why don't you run along? The project has been satisfactorily completed for all intents and purposes. Just a little mopping up to do. Go on out and buy yourself a new dress. Or better yet, go home and take those granddaughters of mine to visit their grandmother. She would love to see them, and the two of you could have a nice chat. Everything has been put to bed and you can relax for a while. Rebecca closed her eyes and sighed inside. The pain in her right eye was starting to pound and she knew another migraine was headed her way. He just didn't see how his actions belied what he said. James would always be informed of everything connected to one of his projects. Just once she would like to be appreciated for what she did not for who she was. Father, I do not wish to go out and buy a new dress. As for taking the girls to visit Mother, this is Thursday and she has her bridge club. I only want you to understand how important my work is to me and to respect me for it. Please do not exclude me from important aspects of the projects that are my responsibility. Yes, yes, my dear, Well, we'll talk about it later. I have a conference call in a few minutes and I need to prepare. Come, give me a hug. I can't have my beautiful girls be seen leaving my office upset. Now can I? Rebecca walked forward to her father and was embraced in his strong arms. She smelled his favorite cologne and her heart melted. She could never stay mad at Charles for long. She loved him so much and just wanted him to see how good she really was. Was that too much to ask? That's my girl. Show me that lovely smile that lightens my heart every time I see it. Charles ended the hug, patting Rebecca's shoulder. He lifted her chin with his hands and looked deeply into his daughter's eyes. Rebecca smiled at her father and kissed his cheek. One of these days... I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming into the 21st century, Mr. Wainwright. Yes, I'm sure you'll try. Now scoot. How she missed those strong arms around her. Life isn't the same without you. I'm trying to get better, but I don't know if I will ever be truly happy again. I wish you were here. The sun broke through the clouds and she sat for a little longer, soaking up the warmth. Finally, she rose and walked to her car. She climbed in and sat for several minutes, bewildered and saddened by what she had experienced. Questions whirled about in her mind. What the hell is going on? What is this place? 
I've gone crazy, completely over the top. Either that or my meds aren't working properly. I need to see Dr. Holden again. Perhaps she has some logical explanation. The tableau at the pond? Weird. She had never encountered anything remotely like that in her life. She never had hallucinations, visions, or seizures. So what happened? The orchid in the greenhouse? It could have been a trick of the sunlight playing off the glass, but she didn't think so. Sissy said her father would make his presence known to her one day. And what better way than by an orchid? Orchids meant love, beauty, and strength. Was it a sign, as Sissy said? Is he telling me that he is still watching over me? That's nuts! He's been gone for over a year. Why now? Why here? What's this place got to do with me? And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us today, and I hope you'll come back and visit us again sometime. To contact Magrit, email her at magrit.makai at gmail.com. That's M-A-I-G-H-R-E-A-D dot M-A-C-K-A-Y at gmail.com.